After the exams and during our semester break while I was studying in Europe, my good friend Father Joseph Moroni and I flew to the Winter Olympic Games in Lillehammer, Norway in 1994. It sounds more glamorous than it is. We wanted to go home, we couldn't, and we needed to do something. And believe me, the Olympics are a lot better on TV and a lot cheaper. So we flew to Norway. We actually flew uh, to Denmark and drove to Oslo. You remember those Olympics? It was the, it was the Tanya Harding, the Nancy Kerrigan drama. It was, that was a lot bigger here than it was in Europe. After eating lutefisk at the Ingebret Cafe in Oslo, Joseph and I were walking through the town. And at one moment, he stopped, and he became very withdrawn. He just stopped. I said, what's wrong? He said, there's a black dog up there. I said, that's okay. He said, I was attacked by a black dog when I was five. I said, Joseph, it's a black lab on top of it. And a Norwegian black lab. <laughs> I didn't get it. Almost 20 years later, on June 1st, 2013, I was walking my Dalmatian Caesar two blocks from my rectory in Dickinson. We were attacked, unprovoked, by a pit bull terrier. I ended up falling on it. The owner's daughter, five years old daughter, she came, pulled the tail, uh, called it off. To make a long story short, we were very, very lucky. We stitched up Caesar and cleaned me off. Now I get it. We cannot experience someone else's fear. We will never understand what others are afraid of unless we experience it. All of our fears are learned. We're born with two of them. They're, two are innate. We're born with the fear of falling, and we're born of the fear of loud noises, but every other fear is an adaptive fear, and we're hardwired for that. It's, it's, it's in our brain. We're supposed to fear what can harm our existence so that we can detect it and avoid it. I saw a recent survey of people's fears. You know what the number one fear was? Doing what I'm doing right now, speaking in front of people. People were more afraid of public speaking than dying. There has to be a margin of error on that, huh? Well, that is actually the most common fear. That's the fear of social interaction and the fear of rejection. We can fear mice or snakes or spiders. I have a fear of wood ticks and bees because of my childhood experiences. 
Are you getting to know me well, huh? So after I experienced the dog attack, at the age of 46, by the way, and now I have this new adaptive fear, I started to think about my fears. What have I learned to fear? And I asked myself, are these fears serving me well? Are they keeping me alive? Or, or is my living hindered by them? Do these fears make me think differently and maybe make me act differently? How do I overcome these learned fears that are not serving me well? By the way, conquering the fear of dogs is the most difficult fear to conquer because canines know you're afraid. They sense your fear. My dogs are very nervous around people who are scared of dogs. How do we overcome these fears? Well, we may have some answers in today's first reading, especially from Malachi. Remember I said that our, our readings now, until we begin Advent on November 27th, our readings are going to be very, very eschatological, very dark, doom and gloom, right? End of the world. Malachi said that the day of the Lord is coming like a blazing oven. The prophet said the evildoers and the proud will be reduced to stubble and they will be set on fire. A lot to be afraid of there. But Malachi also said, but for you who fear my name, there will arise the sun of justice with its healing rays. Now, what is this fear? This is not a fear that we've learned and that can be bad in our life. This seems to be a fear that is good, maybe a fear we need to discover. This is the fear of the Lord. For those who fear my name, for those who have the fear of God in them, for those who fear the Lord, they will be healed. This kind of fear seems to be an antidote for our bad fears. What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is not just the experience, but it's the conviction that God is all-powerful. God is the Almighty. The fear of the Lord, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit, by the way, is the conviction that I stand in awe before the power of God and the power of God can conquer all my weaknesses. And some of my weaknesses are my fears. The prophet Isaiah said, his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. I want to leave you with this thought the relic of Pope St. John Paul II has arrived in Bismarck. This is for Corpus Christi. His first-class relic came to us from Krakow, Poland, by way of the Vatican. It's in the bishop's chapel now until he moves it over to the altar in our new rectory. 
I just received it, and I started to think about his life. But he was elected pope in 1978, and from day one, St. Pope John Paul II told us to not be afraid. Be not afraid. That's his writing right there in English. Be not afraid. His English was very, very good. His handwriting, very, very beautiful. From the time he died in 2005, he said again and again and again to the people, be not afraid. He said this because the devil, the father of lies, wants you to be afraid. The devil wants to distort your imagination, and that's how the devil works in us, through our imagination, primarily. The devil wants to distort your imagination to learn to be afraid. The father of lies wants you to be afraid of living, to be afraid of daring, to be afraid of hoping. The devil wants you to be afraid of joy, wants you to be afraid to love. And John Paul II said again and again and again, be not afraid. And these were not just empty words. He had every reason to be afraid in his life. By the time he was 20 years old, he was an orphan. He lost his mother early, his sister, his brother, and then his father. He said, by the time I was 20, all whom I have loved are gone. He experienced the Nazi invasion. He saw his professors taken away, never to come back. He hid while the Nazis were rounding up the young men in the towns. He experienced the evils of communism, and he fought it. He was shot during a papal audience, triggering the two innate fears, the gunshots, the noise. And he fell, thinking he would die. Just think about it. After he recovered, he had to again and again, every single day, appear in front of people. And as he aged, he suffered many illnesses. He was fearless. And in his book, The Cross, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, right here, this book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, he told us how he did it. He wrote this book 10 years before he died, and he said, for the contemporary human being to be set free from fear, because that, that's how you describe it, we need to be set free from our fears. We, we waste so much time fearing things, and we usually fear the wrong things. He said, for us to be set free from our fears, he said, you can be free of others. You can, be, you can fear the world. You can fear yourself. He said we need to fervently pray to cultivate the fear of God in your soul.
which is the beginning of wisdom, he said. He said, our fears vanish before the power of the Almighty cultivated in the fear of the Lord. He taught us not to fear by cultivating the Spirit's fear of the Lord, which pushes out all the bad fear by the power of God. Pray for that. So this week, I want to ask you to think, what are you afraid of? What are your fears? Are your fears serving you well? Are they keeping you alive, like fears are supposed to do? Or are your fears hindering your living, making you think different and act different? And if that is so, how often do you pray fervently for the fear of the Lord to cast out that bad fear? Amen. But stand and profess what we believe. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty.